I have to tell you that um, I, I don't feel good. In fact, I feel really bad, and I'm on a lot of medication right now. I have a big swollen thing right here on the side of my neck. Um, it's great. Anybody want to come feel it? It feels fun. Um, so I'm on a lot of medicine right now, and Jordan just told me earlier, um, she's like, you're really scatterbrained. I'm like, I know, it's the drugs, back off. Um, so I'm even more so than normally uh, weird today. But as we said earlier, this is the, um, we're in the celebration of the 20 years that we have been on this campus, that, that we've moved from, uh, from Broadway, coming over to Bassey. And over the next few Sundays, we are going to do different things to celebrate that move. Uh, it's also the 15th anniversary of New Heights, of when New Heights started. This is our 15th birthday. And I know Daryl and I act like teenagers a lot, so that should, you know, make some sense. At least I do. Uh, today in, in the sanctuary, Bob Scott is preaching, and he's preaching on Joshua 4, and I thought it was very appropriate that I follow suit. Joshua 4, verse 19. The people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, the month that marked their exodus from Egypt. They camped at Gilgal, east of Jericho. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future, your children are asked, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know the power of the Lord and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, one of the things that's mentioned here is this piling of 12 stones, standing stones, if you will, they're also called. And then they also go by another name, which is Ebenezer. And this Ebenezer, wow, what is that? Did you put that up in the last service, too? I didn't notice it. Um, so an, what an Ebenezer is, it's, it's actually nothing like what was just there. Um, an Ebenezer is a, a piling of stones. And if you've ever been to Israel, or if you've ever actually, uh, you, you can see these anywhere, a, a lot of places. If you go hiking periodically off the path, you will see a group of stones standing. And what it would mean for a Jew to do this was at this point, Something significant happened, so much so that we need to not only remember it, we need to tell that story forward. These standing stones, as Joshua is saying, we're going to build this this Ebenezer. We're going to stand these 12 stones right here. 12, why? Why 12? 12 tribes. 12 tribes. Each one of the 12 tribes. You stack them right there. Because there is a significant thing that is going to happen when we cross the Jordan River. And it is something that we should remember. And it is something that we should remember to tell our children so that they can tell their children and their children. Because God moved here in ways that were mighty and amazing. Now there's 12 to signify the 12 tribes. But also you can see that as 12 different versions of the story. The same thing happened to each one of the 12 12 tribes. But they all saw it. From a different perspective. It's important to remember that. It's important to remember that for the sake of any one of our faith stories. The birth of New Heights. I was here at the beginning. I remember how it went down. But my version of it 
and the version of Daryl's, who also was here, are going to be a little different. Yet they each tell the same story and each tell how God moved. In the sanctuary, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but in the upper gallery are these beautiful stained glass windows. And those stained glass windows come from our church on Broadway. It was decided when we were making the move from Broadway to Bassey that that we couldn't leave those behind for those architects that would move in behind us. That we needed to bring those with us. And it had nothing to do with the architects. It had to do with telling a story. That this is our story. That those things are meaningful. Bob Scott uh, actually... He walked Buckner Fanning through our sanctuary when it was built, and Buckner made a comment about those, that stained glass saying that those are your Joshua stones, that those are the things that tell us the story of Broadway. Another interesting room in our church, and I don't know if you've ever been there, is in the West Wing. It's uh, W100 called the Seminar Room. And in the Seminar Room, there are, uh, at the old church, I never went to the old church, um, but there were all of these plaques everywhere. This pew dedicated to so-and-so by their family. This window, blah, blah, all, all the different things that the people had, had, had been involved in throughout the years of the church. And when we moved to this campus, the decision was made that we didn't want to do that kind of thing, that we didn't want to put plaques up, and we didn't want to say this was given by this family because we wanted it all to be the glory to the glory of God. And I get that. I wasn't there for the conversation, but I understand the decision that was made. But I think something huge is lost. And I think people understood that. And so if you go to W1000, 1000, what? If you go to W100 down there, the seminar room, you will see all the plaques from the old church placed in these memorial things so that we carry that story with us. Why? That story is important. Those standing stones tell us who we were. And therefore, it tells us who we are. 109 years ago, thereabouts, there were a lot of people who lived in the area of Alamo Heights who would get on the trolley car. This is the end of the trolley line on Broadway. And they would hop on the trolley car and they would book it downtown to Travis Park United Methodist Church. But even back then, the bubble was very powerful, and they were like, it is too far to go downtown for church on Sunday morning. We must have a church in the bubble. And so the people of Travis Park United Methodist decided to begin having Sunday school classes for, it was a bunch of young families out here back then, have Sunday school classes here in Alamo Heights United Methodist Church was born. We started because some families said, we need something for our kids here in this community. And our mother church, Travis Park, said, yes, you do. Let's help you start. Travis Park, it's standing stones for us. That's our history. It tells a story of people who had great faith. Faith enough to say, that place is going to be significant and we need Jesus there. And so they came. We grew... We had little churches. We got to be a bigger, a little bit bigger church. You can see all the different renditions of our church. If you go upstairs towards the pastoral offices, it's really neat to see those. But, and then we got the campus there on Broadway, and things were going great. The church was growing. It's right there in a perfect location here in Alamo Heights. And 
Um, more and more families started coming and we're just stacking stone after stone after stone after stone. And we're telling this story about our part of the community and what God is doing in the kingdom of heaven through Alamo Heights United Methodist Church. But then we got so big that we needed to expand. And the city said, no, we're good with you moving. And so the fathers and mothers of Alamo Heights United Methodist Church prayed about it. And I have to tell you, I've heard the stories. Mike Yates can tell you as well. Front row, he was on the front lines there. It was a big deal. It was a big leap of faith to come out here by Cementville because the quarry didn't exist. By nothing was out here except like maybe one apartment building or something. Is that right? And to plan and say, hey, here's all of this land. And God kept opening up doors. He kept parting the water and letting us walk through on dry ground. You mean we can have all of that land for this amount of money? Oh, yeah. Time after time again, this church is full of these Ebenezers telling the story. We moved here because of children. That we needed something bigger for our kids, for our community, to give, uh, to, to remember and to follow in Deuteronomy when it says, Um, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And it says what? Tell your kids this constantly. Teach this to your children. It's been a part of who we are from the beginning. We haven't termed it that way, but it's been a part of who we are. These standing stones, these stories. And then 15 years ago, five years after we moved to this campus, David Meniski goes, I can't be a part of a church that doesn't have some sort of service like this. And so he gave the keys to this room to Scott Hare. And Debbie Chesney and me. It tells you that God has a sense of humor, right? He's like, really? Yeah. And we created this service. And, and Daryl came and was what John Gaines was one of our first worship leaders. And he's here in the room. And then Daryl comes and he, and he is one of our first. I used to sing on stage before um, people realized that I couldn't. And we and we barreled through and we said, this is how we do stuff. And we started building our standing stones. But now we got this pretty big Ebenezer 15 years later. And there's a story to be told. Absolutely. It's a story of a body who said we need to reach people that aren't coming to the sanctuary. There are plenty of people in the Alma Heights community. Who won't go to the sanctuary. Because it's uncomfortable to them. Because they grew up in a church that they have bad feelings for and it's there. And that's something that needs to be, you know, asked for forgiveness and not healed and all those different things. And maybe they just like drums. Who doesn't like a little banjo every now and then? That's right. Wait for communion. And so uh, there's this story of these people. We, we try to create this service that you could come in and be anonymous, and we did really well at it. And then we put another stone on. We said, you know what? There's a story here. We, need to, we know who we are. We know who we were. We know who we are. And now it's about moving forward. Because these stones, these stories, were not just to sit there and go, oh, the good old days. Don't you remember when we only had organs in church? Remember when Jesus walked into the synagogue and they played a pipe organ? Wasn't that great? They didn't do that. It's this, the stories are there 
to tell you where you were, who you are, but then for God to say, this is where you're going. Remember where you came from so that you can then therefore know where you're going. The stories aren't just to sit around and tell old tales so that you can remember. It's to remember so that you can move. It's to see what God has been creating for 109 years and to say, where does it go next? It's a challenge, if you will. To watch where God's parting waters and to walk through. Now, I told you that uh, we would have the transition done by Easter. Last Easter. Whoops. But a lot of times I say stuff and God's like, that's really cute, Michael. That's great. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait until you start stacking some stones and start telling some stories about who you once were, who you are now, so that we can then make a definitive statement that we're moving forward. Because we make this shift today, which is great, and as we said, it's a soft opening. But we make this shift today, and we look back to where we were, and we see who we are. But then the challenge is, who are we becoming? Because just to make the shift here, and if we stopped and we began to tell the stories about the good old days when we faced north, and that you could come in and you could sit in the back and you could leave early without anyone ever seeing you come or go. I mean, watch what happens when communion happens and people try to leave that way. We're going to see you, right? Y'all used to do that when we faced north, but now we're going to be like, oh, there goes Jim. Jesus loves you, Jim. Thanks for the drive through communion. Oh, I remember the good old days when, when there wasn't a mandolin and a banjo on stage. Were you having a hoedown for communion? but it's to remember where we were and who God is creating us into being. And so the question is, who is God creating us into being? Because I guarantee you, God isn't going, hey, well done, everybody. Call it a day. Just wrap it up in new heights because you're finished now. Now that you've made the turn, good job, everybody. The kingdom is secure. God's going, all right, let's do this. God is a Home Depot commercial. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's take what you have been building and start asking some big questions. What is our role here on this campus? After 15 years, we've grown up enough to where we need to begin to ask that question. What is our role as new heights, as a body, a community that is very different than anything else that our family of churches has to offer. What is our role to play from this day forward? I'm not going to give you the answer right now. Because I don't know. All I know is that God is parting some water. And it's time for us to walk through. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, 
We thank you and praise you for the men and women who have come before, who have built these Ebenezers, who have seen where you have parted water and have